Thanks for tuning into the rally on the Let's Get Ready Network. On this network, we talk about all the things you love, like movies, TV, sports, professional wrestling, and more. If you're interested in supporting the network, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash LGR Network. And please leave a rating and a review of this episode. Enjoy the show, everyone. What is good? What is happening, everyone? It's your boy, Ferris Malona, and welcome to another edition of The Rally. We are back and better than ever. We are going to go hard and strong, and we are going to keep it rolling. We are talking about the U.S. Open. We, the U.S. Open, we are watching tennis at reasonable hours of the day. I like having to stay up to like 4 o'clock in the morning to watch Ash Barty destroy people. I shall watch games at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Thank you. I appreciate you, Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York City. Thank you, Eastern time, Eastern Standard Time. Well, I, I I am kind of mad that I have to wake up at like eight or nine, but that's start. It's, it's, it's an inconvenience that I can get over because I technically have to get up earlier than necessary anyway. I gotta stop crying, but it is what it is, guys. <laughs> I'm Ferris, but I'm not alone. I'm never alone. I'm here to break down the swings and the misses, but not baseball. We're talking about tennis, the volleys and the drop shots, with my main man. Dagan, Dagan, how are you, my man? I'm doing well, Ferris. I am looking forward to watching this U.S. Open. We're definitely going to be following it a lot more than I did the last couple tournaments. Wimbledon and the French are just there, like, so impossible for me to follow in their, their time zones and everything. But, yeah, Eastern Standard Time is nice, and uh, it's relatively close by as well. Uh, I, I was kind of hoping to maybe go to a match or two, but... You uh, have I, been to Archer Ass Stadium, have you? You have, Dagan. And, you and have. I... That's where I spent my money on. I spent the hundred forty dollars that I probably would have spent for this to see AEW in a few weeks. Uh, there, you know what? That's that's yeah. Well, that's kind of cool because you know it's wrestling in Arthur Ashe Stadium. Doesn't happen a lot, but tennis happens every year. So you can you know go next year if you wanted to. You know, yeah. yeah. But exactly. digging, we're not alone. We're never alone, right? I'm about to introduce the engine that keeps the show going, the muse of the show, the reason the show exists. Well, one of the reasons. The other reason is Corey. But uh, but Corey's not here. Corey, I love you. Wherever you are, Corey, Someone come Dallas. back. Yeah, Corey, come back. But <laughs> the reason this show popped into my head, the reason this show exists, the one, the only, the magnificent, the incomparable, the wonderful, words I can't describe right now. I've I've lost the words. It's a daily champion. A daily. How are you? That was quite the introduction. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I'm right, and you deserve it. You deserve it. You know, you know, you know, another great, strong woman in the, in the, in the world of tennis that is amazing. Her name is Serena Williams and this will be her last U.S. Open. So let's talk about it, guys. I want to get everyone's thoughts because, you know, growing up, I didn't watch tennis like that. But you know what I did watch? I watched the Williams sisters. Whenever they were on, I watched them. They are to me what Tiger Woods is to golf. I don't watch golf. I don't. I never did. But I watched Tiger. That's what I did. Tiger on Sundays with the red with the red shirt, hunting you down like a tiger. And you praying to God, you do not relinquish your lead. 
You're only up three strokes on Tiger. Good luck keeping it in, against Prime Tiger. You think you're going to beat tennis? You think you're going to win Wimbledon against Venus Williams when she was in a prime? Guess not. No. No. But what's worse, you think you can beat Serena Williams on any court? Good luck. She's second all time. With 23 opens? Open? 23? 23? Let me go through the stats first, okay? okay? Drop the stats uh, on us, Adelia. Drop right. the numbers to the expert, damn it. Yes. She's joint third on the all-time list and second in the open era for total major titles. That's combining singles, doubles, and mixed doubles. She's currently the the most among active players with 39. I believe uh, that uh, Margaret Court and Martina mm-hmm. Navratilova are the ones that are ahead of her on the all-time list, I believe. Uh, 23 of them are singles titles, which is one shy of Margaret Court's all-time record. It is an absolute shame, in my opinion, that she did not break the record of Margaret Court because um, Margaret Court is a despicable human being. Um, she won her most recent slam at the 2017 Australian Open while she was pregnant with her daughter, Olympia, which she was is pregnant. amazing That's to incredible. me. That's incredible. She was pregnant. She, she, uh, 14 of her, her Grand Slam titles are doubles, all of them with her sister, Venus. And she also won two mixed doubles titles back in 1998 with Max Mirny. She's the most most recent woman to simultaneously hold all four major single titles, which was known as the Serena Slam. She accomplished this twice in 2002, 2003, and 2014-2015. And she's the most recent woman to win the Surface Slam, which is holding major titles on all three surfaces in the same calendar year, which she did in 2015. Uh, She's also the most recent woman, along with Venus, to have simultaneously held all four major doubles titles. She did that in uh, 2009-2010. She's a four-time Olympic gold medalist, one in singles and three in doubles, again, all with Venus. She reached a total of 98 singles finals on the WTA Tour and won 73 of them, including winning, and and she also won 23 of 25 doubles finals. Uh, She was the number one ranked player, singles player by the WTA for 319 weeks, including a joint record 186 consecutive weeks, and she finishes the year in number one five times. Wow. It's insane, her statistics. So she has won 75% of her WTA singles finals. Yeah. 75%. In college, that's a C. But in the sports world, that's an A. Yeah. That's three-fourths, bro. Three-fourths. You walking into a finals on the WTA tour, and 75% of the time, she's winning. You, Her opponents, the field, only has 25% chance of beating her. The field, not some specific person like they tried to do with Maria Sharapova, but the field. I, that, that's, uh, I, I, I do this. I know I could have gone to the show. Uh, sorry, Maria, I apologize, but not really. I don't really care. Uh, but we apologize to our devoted listener, Maria Sharapova. <laughs> She'll never comment. be a devoted listener. Uh, but yeah, dude, the field had a 25% chance of beating Serena Williams. The field. Yeah. The field. That's over a hundred and like hundreds and hundreds of players had. 25% chance of beating Serena Williams. Yeah. Um, she play- That's crazy. She's playing the first match Not in the so. night session on Ash tonight against uh, Donka Kopinic of Montenegro. She should win that match, but it we just don't know anymore. Yeah, if- she should have beaten Harmony Tan. We yeah. don't really know. No one knows. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, she's also accepted a wild card into the doubles tournament and will play with Venus. Another stat that I didn't say is that she never lost a Grand Slam doubles final. She she won every Grand Slam doubles final she reached. Wow. 
Um, she wrote a really beautiful essay for Vogue um, a couple of weeks ago before the Canadian tournaments started um, about how she's ready to transition away from tennis and expand her family and give her, she talked about how her daughter wants a sister and um, like, I thought I really appreciated it. She's going to be 41 on September 26th. It's, it, you can just tell she's ready, but that this is also very difficult for her. She said she's yeah. really going to enjoy these last few mm -hmm. weeks. I don't think anyone's expecting her to play a tournament after the U.S. Open, but she didn't specifically say yet that the U.S. Open will be her last tournament. But when she does lose in this tournament, because I don't think she has a chance in winning just based on the way she's been playing, when she does lose, it's going to be a, a very big presentation on mm -hmm. court after that honoring Serena. So Rightfully so. Yes. Rightfully, yeah, rightfully so. so. I'm Okay, I'm, you know... I like tennis. Okay. I like tennis. I, I'll always like tennis, but I don't give a damn about tennis like that. You know what I mean? I never did. I never cared. I, this podcast, I'm using this podcast to get more inside the game. This beautiful game that Adelia showed to me, right? Adelia showed to me as a man who watches every sport, I neglected tennis. All right. And Adelia showed me the beauty in it. And I'm like, well, this is a really beautiful game. You know, the drop shots, the serves, the volleys, um, just very beautiful. But I always watch Serena, right? Okay, like, I don't want to make this about, you know, but, you know, f screw it. It's because it's America. Like, literally, you know, uh, gender, race, and uh, there's a third one, but I don't remember. But they're, they're a part of every American conversation forever, right? As a brown man in America, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of heroes, all right? I, don't, I, don't, I never have a lot of heroes. So the closest hero to me were, were African-American athletes, and, and some of them were Muslim. So there was an, another connection with me, me being a Muslim and them being Muslim. Like, my heroes are, like, Malcolm X and Muhammad Ali and, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you know, strong, you know. But watching the way Serena Williams, right? The way this is a sport, uh, an arena, that does not care for her, right? The modern-day fan does. Like, like you know, like... Me, D Dagan, Adelia, probably a little kid watching us care about her. Right. But My grandparents game... don't like her. That's yeah. that's what I think your point you're trying to make here. Like, oh, I, I didn't know that. Until I, lo I love my it. grandparents, but like, yeah. you know, God yeah. rest my, my grandfather and everything, but they, they were not, they're not. That's what I'm saying. Like, it was a, it was an arena where they, she wasn't welcomed. They didn't care for her. They didn't like her. They wanted her gone. And you know her dad. Her dad and all his faults said something very poignant. There's this. There's this beautiful essay done by Howard Bryant on ESPN last night. Powerful, amazing. Where he quotes Richard Williams and he says, "They don't want you here." Like Richard Williams, they don't want you here. But you know how you make them. They may. They're, they may never like you. They may never like you, dude. Like, do you know what? There's probably people who don't. Who still don't like her. But if you dominate and you win. They have to respect you because if they don't, they'll look foolish and they'll just look like liars. You know what I mean? That's why, you know, that's some, you know, like, like you, you, you can't have a conversation on the greatest tennis players and exclude Serena Williams. Because if you do, the, the conversation is fraudulent. It's not a real conversation. You can't, you can't have it. Be like, oh, you know, Steffi Graf, Martina Navratilova, um, Christy Everett. Yeah, where's Serena? Uh, oh, um, nah. Then this conversation means nothing. This conversation means nothing. It means nothing. Like you can't have this conversation. You just can't have it. You I mean it's like it's like saying who's the greatest basketball player of all time? Oh, LeBron James and Kobe. Like where's Michael Jordan? 
oh, whatever, forget about him. Conversation doesn't work. You can't do it. Like, that's, that's how great she was. You can't have converse, like proper tennis conversations about greatness without her. Even if, you, even if you're racist and you hate black people for the rest of your life, you can't do it. Because everyone will know why you excluded her and you'll rat yourself out and you'll show you do not care for tennis as the game. You care about the political agendas you want to portray and propagate all in your world. You cannot have a conversation about greatness in tennis without her. You can't do it. You can't. That's how great she was. She made you. She made you force. She forced you to the people who hate her in tennis. She forces them to talk about her. You cannot talk about her. You have to. You cannot exclude her. You have to talk about her. You can't do it. Or your conversation isn't real. It's fraudulent. My bad, Dagan. No, I was going to just add to that and say that I, I would even say athlete. When you're talking yes. about the greatest athletes of all time, not just yes. tennis players, but athletes, Serena Williams has to be in that conversation. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Yeah. And just to, to echo everything that Ferris just said there, I mean, you know, other people aside, I, I personally love Serena Williams and the Williams sisters, what they have brought to the sport. And yeah, you wouldn't have tennis today if it wasn't like, you know, in its current form, you wouldn't really, it wouldn't be the same without these two. Yeah, it'd be niche. It would, it would. It'd be like you know, like the the country club rich people thing. Tennis was yeah. brought to the like not to say the masses because a lot of people are big tennis fans, but to William sisters put, put to it a on the section map. of America. Yeah, yeah when yeah. someone would say tennis, like oh that country club bullshit, that oh, part of my French, that country club nonsense. Yeah, forget about that. Two young black women from Compton. I didn't. An entire generation of women were like, "Oh, I can, I can play tennis. Yeah. I can, I can play tennis." When you have children and another generation say, "Oh, I can do that now," because growing up, children are told what they can and cannot do. You can't do that because you're not allowed there. You can't do that because you're, you won't, you won't fit in. You can't do that because like it's not really our style. Now a bunch of a bunch of uh, guys, not even just women, an entire generation of kids are saying like, "Oh, I can I can play tennis. I can play yeah. tennis now." Because of the Williams sisters, exactly. because of them, an entire yeah. generation. Adelia, you know, you know, you know, bunch of bunch of dudes talking about <laughs> Serena Williams. You know, we're we're dudes. Who cares about that, right? Really? I want I want like you know people talk like, oh, you know, as a as a woman, when you saw Serena Williams. Expand the game to a mass group of people. What are your feelings on her? I love Serena now. I wasn't a big fan of Serena's for a long time because I was sick of her dominating. I'm one of those people that doesn't like domination in sports. Uh, And so if it's just somebody enter, no, it's just if somebody enters a tournament and you already know, well, that person's in the tournament, therefore they're going to win the tournament. It's kind of boring to me. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't a big fan of Serena for a long time. But when she um, started to open up more after becoming a mom and and getting married and showing this more human side of her than just this machine that plays tennis and dominates, I started to really love Serena the person. I think she's great. She's inspired an entire generation of um, young American stars that are coming up now. And we'll talk about like Coco Goff later is was inspired by the Williams sisters and Serena. Um, Sloane Stevens was inspired by the Williams sisters and Serena. Madison Keys, like there's this whole generation of American yeah. women. Naomi Osaka. That, 
Naomi Osaka. Not Americans. Yeah, but like wouldn't have been there necessarily if their parents hadn't noticed, took notice of this very strong, powerful black woman making, uh, you know, waves in a sport where traditionally that didn't happen. And that has diversified the sport. It has given us great champions like Osaka. Sloane Stevens won the U.S. Open. Uh, Coco Goff, I think, is the favorite for this year's tournament. Like, they're, she's done so much for the sport that back in the day, I'm like, I remember I used to get Tennis Magazine, and I remember an issue coming back in the early 2000s where there was just an essay in there from Chrissy Everett basically asking Serena to just care she would take all this time off and go do fashion stuff or go do this or go do that. And she was dabbling in acting at the time. And like, she was doing all this stuff that wasn't tennis. And I just remember reading this essay from Chrissy Everett talking about how she needed to focus. Serena needed to focus. And I actually think that Serena's doing other things and not just concentrating solely on tennis made her a better player. Because mm-hmm. when she wanted to play, she really wanted to play. And she she put the the effort and the emphasis. Uh, getting Patrick Moore as a coach completely changed the trajectory of her career. She buckled down. She focused. She won so many majors because she she had won majors, but then she'd have injury issues and she'd take time off and she'd take her time coming back. And that's all her prerogative. And I think it's great because that prolonged her career, in my opinion. But when she decided, no, I want to be the very best there was, then she did it. And I, I am really sad that she never broke Margaret Court's record. I know that there was yeah. a lot of like fan fantasies that she'd go to Wimbledon and win Wimbledon and tie the record there, and then come to New York and break the record and then retire on top with this great you know story and everything. That's not going to happen because it, it's just not. Um, I also think that like Serena's shown how you carry yourself as a champion and she should be the standard bearer that everybody looks at as the best there ever has been. And, and the fact that Margaret Court is there is just kind of like, we just need to set that to the side because there is, you can, there's not a bigger stark difference in the way you can approach treating people than the way you notice Serena treats people and the way Margaret Court treats people. And so um, I, I'm sad that like the history books, when you look back on it, are not going to have her name on the top of whatever list it is, because Margaret Court's still going to have 24 slams and Serena's going to have 23. Because like I said, I don't think Serena wins this and I don't think Serena plays another slam. I do think this is the swan song. She just hasn't fully said that yet. Um, but I'm going to miss Serena. I'm going to miss Serena's impact on the game. She's inspired everybody, male or female, I really wish that we had gotten some sort of exhibition match at some point of Serena versus Roger or Serena versus Rafa. So I think that would have been really fun. Maybe Mm -hmm. when they're all retired, that does happen somewhere for some charity event. Like in their fifties. like. (laughs) (laughs) But, but Serena is one person I can say on the women's tour that I thought really could have just went out there and slugged it with the male players and not missed a beat. Yeah. She's powerful. She's strong. She sets a great example. She's also been very girly. Like she, you know, the, I remember like the pink tutu outfit at the U S open, not that long ago and stuff. She, the fashion was a big deal. 
Like mm-hmm. they literally changed the rules of the what you were allowed to wear at the French Open because of her Black Panther inspired cat suit. Racism. It would that's very racist for the French. Very racist. But Oh, like, really? The French are being racist? How shocking. No. Ferris, come on. Sorry. We know this. I know. Like it's just everybody knows that that was a big part of it. But like she changed the like the game is different because Serena played and was powerful and strong. She is the best serve the women's game's ever seen and I don't think is even close. And I I'm going to miss her. I really am. Like I didn't realize how much I missed watching Serena play until she played in in Toronto and I was like, you know what, damn. Like this is like the last time I'm ever going to get to see Serena play this tournament. And that was the weird to think about. Like you knew this was coming. Like at her age, like she, you know, Venus has slowed down a lot and not played as much. Venus is 42 now. She still hasn't said anything about retiring. I don't think Venus is ever going to make a big deal out of it. But I think Serena, that essay, reading that essay really got to me of how much I appreciate her as a person and how um, much I'm going to miss her. It is kind of weird because I like get so used to just seeing Serena's name in these tournaments, mm-hmm. you know. Like, oh yeah, well, then Serena's they're, then they're gone. the one to beat, and then all of a sudden they're not going to be there anymore. Like I mean, I've been watching Serena since she was like in her late teens, so like basically since mm-hmm. I was a little kid, I've been watching her, and it's just you get so used to it, like seeing these names in those lineup lineups, you know, and in those draws. And you know, I, I one other real quick thing I'll say is that like. Yeah, she's probably not going to win, but, like, how great would it be if somehow she able to put oh, it yeah. together and, like, at least made the final or, or the semifinal, you know, because it's Serena. Like, you expect greatness from her and... Do what Jimmy Connors no, did, but actually no, win it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's there's no reason to think that there's a possibility, at least, of her still going deep in this tournament. And, oh, and she that, can still The deeper do she that. goes, then, then the more fan for there's going to be once because because every match she's going to be in at the always open the crowd will be behind her exactly like yeah. like like yeah. it's like i'm sorry like like her opponent good luck to them they will not be being cheered i'm sorry like like no one will be like 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 jimmy connors when he did it and like he they did that little 30 for 30 on him yeah. like the entire crowd was behind jimmy you know some people like you know and then he like ran into a bus saw i don't know who he lost to um what was his face i don't know I remember um but he was like a really good know. But he was like he's like a really good tennis player. I just don't remember him. But then like he beat that young kid, who then whose coach then left him to go with Pete Sampras. Shout to Pete Sampras, uh, uh, the American goat. We love uh, you, Pete, Pete Sampras. We want to interview on the show, please. Yeah, hey, yo, Pete Sampras, where you at? <laughs> you your eyebrows. Serena is in a, a pretty pretty good section if she can get on a roll. Um, if oh, she they wins the first round section? match. No, they did not soften up for them. Okay. If she wins this first round match, she'd likely be playing the number two seed Annette Contabit, which sounds terrible, like for Serena to have the number two seed second, but Annette Contabit has really struggled this year coming back from COVID. She's only won two matches at majors this year. Um, so I and I think Serena could beat her most likely. And then she'd in the third round she'd play either Martina Trevisan, who's a quick clay court player. Evgenia Rodina, who Serena should be able to beat, Karolina Mukova, she should be able to beat, or Isla Tomjanovic, another player that Serena should be able to beat. So if she can get past um, the first couple matches, she's got a chance to, never know. to get to, to the second week. That would be great, mm-hmm. I think, if Serena yeah. can make it to the second week. So, All right. I think we've kind of 
wax poetically about Serena a lot. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Dio's open. Another major player that will not be there. We all know why he won't be there. It is the one, the only. The Joker himself, Novak Djokovic. He will not be playing at this year's U.S. Open because he still remains unvaccinated against COVID-19, which means he's unable to travel to the United States. Joker uh, has won the U.S. Open three times. He was the runner-up in 2021. He did win Wimbledon in July when he beat Nick Kyrgios, who, you know, is Nick Kyrgios. You know, what is what it is. Um, This is the second slam Djokovic is missing due to being unvaccinated this year. He was famously the famous saga in Australia where someone in the government allowed him in and someone in the government kicked him out and then he broke the law. He technically broke the law. He should be in jail if you think about it. Uh, but it is what it is. Um, he he is, could be banned from Australia for the next three years. So Australia for doing his little dance in the media. But he is, you know, Novak Djokovic. He is a big name. Uh, we may not like him. We may not. He, he he did what Serena did. You can't have a conversation on great male tennis players without him, even if you don't like him. I can't have a proper conversation. I can't I can't lie and say, oh yeah, no, he ain't that good. Like that's a lie. That's fraudulent. That's a fraudulent conversation. It's a conversation between, I believe, two men. Oh, sorry, Roger. Um, wait, no, I'll add Roger. Between three men, if you think about it, it's the three men, it's the three horsemen of the apocalypse. The fourth was Andy Murray, then he like lost his hip. But he was never really a he was never really part of them. Let's be real. Like I'm no, sorry, to Andy. He, I love Andy. If you if you incorporate incorporate the entirety of what was happening in the tournaments, you have to include Andy Murray in that in like a big four scenario because he won a ton of tour tournaments. He was consistently in the semifinals of slams with the other three. Like he just didn't break through as much as the three of them did. So, so I will say that Andy Murray point. deserves. Point. But no, you're I I will say though that my point. No, I'm not. I'm saying he has like if one there's one slam, any... Adelia. He has, he has one slam. Three. He has three. Three. What, what three. else did he win? He won the U.S. Open and Wimbledon twice. Wimbledon. Twice. But yeah, he, has he won three. Wimbledon twice. He, has he won three. Wimbledon twice. Yes. What was the second time? He won Wimbledon in 2013 and then 2016, I want to say. Oh, that's not good for him. I remember the I 2013 think he won a gold, one. The gold medal in uh, London. He won the, he, Andy Murray's won two Olympic gold medals. Like, Andy Murray, sure. like, of, of everybody else on tour, if you take those three guys away, before Andy Murray had his hit problems, he was clearly the best of the rest. I'll say that. You know much. what, Adelia? That's a very good point. You're, you're absolutely correct. I'll throw him as the as a part of the the well they're the fourth man of the apocalypse basically like they just ruined everything for everybody you know they destroyed generations of tennis players dreams and hopes left and right literally they've destroyed dreams and hopes they destroyed I saw, you know, I saw you know whose dream they destroyed uh, there's uh, a specific person Roger and, and and Rafa destroyed one specific person's uh, career Andy Roddick that man should have more than one goddamn slam. <laughs> they destroyed yeah. it, dude. They destroyed his career. Roddick. He was like, "Yeah, I, I won the U.S. Open. I'm about to go he just run. the towel." He's like, and then I can't Andy Roddick was like, "Come on, man, really? Like, like I'm just there. I quit." <laughs> An entire yeah. generation of tennis players, complete. I will say this about it: There's going to be some lean years coming up for men at the uh, Tennis Hall of Fame induction ceremonies. Because the, the like gold standard to get into the Step Hall of Fame is you had to win two slams. <laughs> so like we've had these guys that like three men. You take take away uh, Andy Murray and the the big three, 
I think there's only been like 10 other slams that have been won by someone else in the last 20 years, which is insanity. Wow. Three men have what? Like between three men those, have... between those four, nobody else 16? has won Wimbledon in 20 years. 65, 65 slams between four men. Like, wait, no, no. So like it's 20, it's 23. Federer has 20, Djokovic has 21, Rafa has 22, and Murray has 3. Okay, so let's do the math. Let me do the math real quick. That's 66. 66? So 22 plus 20 plus 21 plus 3. Yeah, 66. You're right. Damn, Adelia, goddamn computer. Um, (laughs) Literally, dude, like three men, 66 slams. Entire generations of nothing. Yes. Nothing. There, there, there is the lost generation of tennis, which is like uh, Chilich broke through in one one, but it's like Dimitrov and Songa and Monfi and Gasquet and all a lot of French players in there that were like considered to be slam contenders when they were young players. Thomas Burdich and just players like that, and a couple of them made it to a final. But none of them ever won one, and it's mm-hmm. it's actually really sad. Literally, yeah. like like first they had to contend with Rafa, I mean Roger, right? And Roger, Roger just dominated tennis, right? And then this Spaniard, the goat, the goat. We all know why he's the goat. I've made it very clear why he's the goat. Uh, came out of nowhere and was like, you know what? None of you will ever win on clay, ever. Never gonna happen. I will dominate this arena. You guys will never ever have a pleasant time at the French Open. And then, and then he like sure. won Wimbledon a couple of times, and then won the Australian Open a couple of times. And they add this, then, then, then the Serbian just comes out of nowhere. That's goddamn assassin. It's like you know what? I want a piece of this um, Hall of Fame goat action. Let me, let me take a piece. Then he comes out of nowhere, and then you're like, oh my god, we, we just like Roger, and then Rafa. Literally, it was like in waves. The deal. It was like first it was Roger, then it was Rafa, and then it was Djokovic, then it was all three of them at the same time. Yeah, and yeah. you're just like, dude, yeah. seriously? But it does tell what? you how good players like Andy Murray and I'll throw Stan Wawrinka. Stan Wawrinka also hey. won three slams in Rinka. there. Yeah, like man. it tells you how good they had to be to win just that because their slams need more. The rest, if, if you think about like it, like any of the rest of the um, the the players on tour would have killed for Andy Murray and and Stan Wawrinka's careers. Exactly. And then you've got the other three who are just freaks. Of but nature. It, They're freaks of nature, especially one of them to, who is actually right-handed. To bring this back to Djokovic not yes. being in New York, though, I will yeah, say it is... It. St- There's my it, one. Okay. It astounds <laughs> me that somebody who has spoken as openly as he has about wanting to be the very best of all time, be considered the best, have the most slams, all of that. Djokovic has spoken about that. It is astounding to me that he will that he is willingly removing himself from slams and tournaments by not following this guideline and rule that the tour by and being the an idiot and everybody has set basically. out. Yeah. yeah, he's being an idiot. Like, like okay, you're, you're you're one of the greatest of all times. There's a, there's no debating that. But you're also a terrible person and. Like nobody can get behind this guy if he's a terrible person and he's acting like an idiot. Like I'm sorry. Like you know what's crazy too? No way. You know what's crazy? We don't the, want the, you here. Like him being a he, people think he's a terrible person. Some of them some of them even say it's, it's not even because he's unvaccinated, it's other things. Like that's yeah. what, that's what's crazy about this. Man. It's like some people like like they'd be like, Oh, I don't like him. Why don't you like him? Unvaccinated. 
It's like there's like three or four things before that. That's how crazy it is. Personally, with, with Novak Djokovic, I've never really cared for him. When he like when he rose, right? Like I said, I didn't really watch tennis like that. I watched women's tennis because of the Williamses. I didn't really watch the men because no one on the men's side I connected with. I didn't care. You know what I mean? But then I did connect with Rafa a little. Um, I think it was um, the ESPYs. It was one year of the ESPYs. They did, I think it was like best moment or, be- or biggest upset, right? And it was his first Wimbledon win against Roger. That match. You know, apparently the match that will go down that was in history. Considered, it was considered an upset this time. It yeah. was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. An upset. Like what? Rafa Nadal upsetting somebody? Excuse Djokovic me? Djokovic beat Federer? What? Yeah. Yeah, so like, so, like, so like that package of that, you know, kind of like, you know, the way the way some of these people do like you know highlight sports packages, they be connecting to some people. Like I connected to that when I was like, like I was like, yo, this this dude has never won on grass ever. He's like lost in like apparently like Rafa's lost to Federer on grass multiple times before that or something. Yeah, Rafa had lost the final at Wimbledon last the year prior to that to Federer, gotten bangled in the first set. Like it was a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And so like it was like and, and won. Yeah, it was like it was like. The, the unclimbable mountain, Roger Federer, the man, the myth, the legend. I knew about Roger, like everyone, because he was he was Nike's tennis guy. Because Nike would select a player from individual sports, like to like as their guy. Because like with golf, it was Tiger. Like Tiger was their guy, you know. In tennis, it was Roger. Roger was their guy. So I knew about Roger because of you know the tennis commercials and all that stuff. And like and like Rafa just like clawing back and like fighting hell, and even though hell looked beautiful on the grass court was beautiful but honestly Wimbledon is very beautiful you know I want to go there one day you know you know I want to take this show on the road let's go to, let's go to the US Open like you know what I mean if we get big enough if we get big enough we can, can, we, get a, can we get a press pass for Wimbledon uh, absolutely man? absolutely dude if I can do that that will be amazing <laughs> um but yeah and it was like so like I connected with Rafa like I like Rafa but it was like Rafa and Roger I was one of those people who didn't pick either one of them I just like watched them two play you know what I mean it was either like you Roger or Rafa and we hate either Either you you either you hate each other, you know. Then like Djokovic came out of nowhere and stuff. But that's the thing, like Djokovic knows the rules, right? Th- these are the rules, right? You may not like the rules, but it doesn't it doesn't matter. But, but the rules, the rules set by a country, not by a, 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 a like a by by a private company, a country. Yeah. A and country let me let me clarify what the rule is real quick, because I know a lot of, there are people out there that are like, well, there are plenty of Americans that are unvaccinated. Why can't he come here? The, the the law, the policy of the United States is that if you are not an American citizen and you want to travel to this country, you must be vaccinated. You know, it's crazy. Like people be like, oh, I don't know why America has that rule. A lot of countries have that rule. Like literally, like if you go to New Zealand, like, you know, shout out to Kiwi Jess, she told me about this. If you're unvaccinated, they shove you in a room. Like they shove you in a room when you get there. And you have to be there for like two weeks by yourself in quarantine. They don't shove you in a room. I'm Australia being too. Yeah, yeah. Like they don't shove you in a room. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but some you of them don't even like, though. huh? But no. But Australia is like though. not allowed people anymore. They're not allowing people. And I think certain countries are just not allowing people. Like you got to be vaccinated to come to our country. We're not. Yeah. We're, like this is a country thing. Not like, oh, like some private business right. kicked me out of their provinces. Even though the private business has every every right to do what they want because they have rules. Like we keep talking about rules, right? God, follow the rules, follow the rules. He didn't want to follow the rules. His fault. Okay, like it's not even like like bro, like that's the rule. Like that's yeah. the rule, bro. Yeah. Like that's the, the rule. The other the other thing is like I I don't know. This might be a conversation for a different show, but like 
I still understand uh, with all the science now to back up like why people are still refusing to get vaccinated. Like just this baffles me. Well, this you is know, a thing a with Djokovic. Thing, but yeah, this yeah. is a thing with Djokovic though that goes back like the, he had an elbow injury a number of years ago that required surgery, and like he has spoken about how. He was so upset that he had to have surgery. He didn't believe, he doesn't believe in surgeries for things and stuff. Like, he's just, it's weird. But it's just this a is his, freaking he has this weird medical yeah. stance. Yeah. 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 Speaking about a medical stance, you know what's amazing? Pregnancies. Right. Let me tell you why. We got other few notable withdrawals. Former number, world number one and three time Glen Stamp champion, Angelique Kerber. She said she she did win the U.S. Open in 2016. She'll be withdrawing from this week this year's event because she said two against one just ain't fair. She's pregnant. Congrats, congrats to you, Angelique. Hope it's a healthy baby. You and you know the the significant other. I don't know if you're if you're is it, she married. I have no idea. She yeah that, that, okay. Well, even if it, you're 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 significant other uh, whoever father, it is father you, of her child yes or, or you know or you know. <laughs> Or mother, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. You know, probably through surrogacy. We don't know. Oh, not surrogacy, but no, no, no. We don't. We don't know. Let's let's let's. We don't know. Going. We don't know. But you know, okay. I, I, it was a beautiful moment. I just ruined it. But yes, she won't be playing because she is pregnant. Uh, you know, congratulations. And other notable withdrawals, other than Djokovic and Kerber, are Alex Van Zverev. He's still recovering from surgery on his right ankle. He he will miss the tournament. He tore ligaments in his ankle against Rafa in the semifinals of the French Open. Um, he was the runner-up in 2020. Um, other, this dude isn't notable just because he's American. Riley he's Opelka. He's one of the highest-ranked Americans, yeah, and he reached the fourth round last year. So, yes, I'd say Riley Opelka withdrawing is somewhat notable. All right, man. Riley Opelka will not be there. <laughs> whatever, rather. Thank you for your in-depth analysis, Ferris. You're welcome. Yeah, whatever, man. Like he, like man, I expect greatness out of my American people. That's why you know I'm so sad about Andy Roddick having his entire career destroyed by three men. <laughs> he literally had it destroyed. He got like he was like, I'm about to win, and then the Swiss dude comes out of nowhere and was like, not so fast. Stab, stab. Yeah. Smack you around, and he's like, come on, man. I thought the Swiss weren't supposed to be like this. They're neutral. But he was so violent. Like Andy Roddick goes, so... uh, he goes, I want to achieve greatness in tennis. And then he goes, ah, never mind. I'll just go home. That's no, not even never mind. It's like, <laughs> come on, man. Come on, God. Really? Really? Like, two men? You said two men. You didn't send one. Like, one is okay. Like, because it is. You said two men. And then you added a third. You added a third. They just ruined everything. Like an entire generation, bro. I'm sorry, dude. It's like the only sport where you can really say that three men ruined so many careers. Like they ruined I, it. Like it's like, it's like dudes who could have won. I remember there's a, there was this commercial back in the day of Andy Roddick like sitting on the plane, like very unhappy. I don't know if you remember this. Uh, no. And they, like this, the cup, like the winner's trophy, like falls on his head. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. That's so disrespectful, dude. Oh, Even commercials disrespecting Andy Roddick. <laughs> hey, Andy, if you want to come on the podcast, if you want to come on the podcast to talk about this, I really want to talk about this. Like, I want, I want, like, I want people's like stories, like, like three men, like 
ruined tennis. Like if you think about it, like not ruined tennis, but like 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 destroyed. A, um, like I want to, I want, I want someone to make a documentary on, like, what do you, what do you, what, like, like their fault, not fallen soldiers, but like, pe- like, I don't know. What do you, there's a the word lost for it. Boys. The lost boys, yeah, like, like, like the lost generation of tennis. Like, in, they talk to people who are like, mm-hmm. who are like a part of that generation, like Roddick. So, like, they interview the winners, like Roddick and Chilich and Murray and Stan. Like, those are the three. That you're like, I know you three won a major, one at least one. But like, what about the other dudes who are like, I couldn't even get out of the third round, or I couldn't even get out of the. I, I made it to the semis one year, but you know, it was when it was when Rafa Nadal had two good knees. He destroyed me. Another victim of Rafa yeah. Nadal. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I went to the French Open all happy and shit, and then I was matched up against Rafa in the third round. You know what I mean? There's only one yeah. person at the French Open who would be like had a better day than Rafa Nadal. That that dude who upset him that one year. Um, he'll hold that on to to the dear, for dear life. Uh, but yes, now let's go to the the seeds, everyone. Um, seed one, it is the defending champion Daniil Medvedev. He did miss Wimbledon because of the ban on Russian players, which was unmitigatedly stupid. Like, the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, y- y- y'all can disagree with me as much as you want, but that was just dumb. Like, stupid. He did play today. He did beat Stefan Klozov. He beat him today. Um, I believe he beat him, what, the straight sets, I believe? Let me double check straight for sets. you. Straight sets, yeah. Yeah, 6-2, 6-4, 6-love. Yep. Pretty dominant. Damn, he bageled him the last one. Uh, seeded number two. The GOAT himself, Rafa Nadal. Uh, he has not lost a match at the majors this year. He's, I, I still don't believe he's 100% from the abdominal injury. Like, you know, he probably, you know, it was probably related to the rib, like the rib injury he suffered in Mexico, like, because that's still all the same area. So that area is really like, we don't really know how fully healthy it is. Yeah. Um, he lost his only match in Cincinnati. Um, and he'll yeah, be against. He did uh, lose to Bornacharich, who won Cincinnati, so that loss looks a little bit better. But yeah, he, he does, did lose that match. But his first round matchup is against Rinky Hajikata. 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 So you think Rafa steamrolls him, or does he struggle due to the, the ab injury? Digging. I don't know. I feel like not yet, Rafa. Not yet, just, yeah, we got you. Uh, looking at no. it's. Uh, Looking at the draws here, it looks like he kind of almost has an easier-ish path to the semifinal than some of these other guys. But I think his biggest competition is going to be Chilich. I guess that would be a semifinal match if it comes down to it. Chilich Chilich getting uh, his revenge. Yeah, Chilich versus Nadal is is kind of where I'm looking at there. So I don't know if he's going to necessarily steamroll through uh, into the semifinal, but I think that he's got to be the favorite at least on that side of the bracket. Um, but I don't know. You said he's he's not necessarily 100%. Um, yeah. yeah. What do you think of Daniel? Um, I don't think he's the favorite on this side of the bracket. I think Carlos Alcaraz is. Um, okay. He's the third seed. Um, Shout out to Corey. Corey pointed him out to me. He is. Uh, Carlos Alcaraz has had an incredible year. And I think he's he played really well in Miami, which has been a good uh, predictor, kind of, as far as like conditions go. Uh, for the U.S. Open in the past, so I think Alcaraz is probably the favorite of this half of the draw. Rafa does have a very favorable section to get a good ways through, but like again, it depends on how healthy is he. Um, right. He's had an amazing year, no matter what. Rafa has also won the U.S. Open four times before, so anything's possible. 
Um, I have never heard of Rinki Hijikata before. I know nothing right. about him. Same. He's an Australian wild card. Um, if he wins that match, he'll play either Fognini or Aslan Karatsev. He should win that match. And then um, the guys in the little mini section above his, that he would be a, a potential uh, second round of, or third round opponent, would also he should beat any of them. Uh, Richard Gasquet's among them, Taro Daniel. Lerner Teen, uh, I believe is how you say his name. He's a 16-year-old wild card. I think he won Kalamazoo. I think he won the, the tournament to get the wild card for the U.S. Open. Uh, he's 16. He's facing Niamir Kekmanovic in the first round. Rafa should beat either him or Kekmanovic. So there's a good little section for him to get through there. I don't think he runs into trouble until he gets to like a quarterfinal against maybe um, Rublev or uh, Cameron Nori. But I just don't see Rafa winning. He did not look great in that match against... Hmm. Chorich in Cincinnati and I know that part of that is rust and everything but um, he's got yeah, it's, it's interesting I'm just like looking at the bracket right now so we most likely I mean if all the seedings line up and everything we'll get Alcaraz versus Chilich in the quarterfinal and with the winner of that potentially playing the doll on that side so that's kind of what I'm looking at, but I don't know. Actually, I think I Alcaraz guess. and Chilich would be a fourth round match. Would that? Okay, yeah, just like looking at it here. Yeah, and then okay. he'd probably face either Yannick Sinner or Kubi Herkaj in the quarters, Alcaraz, and then winner would, you know, if seedings held, face Rafa in the semis, but. I just want sorry. I don't want to. I just want to point everyone, everyone to the listeners. We are we are currently recording while the U.S. Open is currently going on. Right. Uh, I just want to give you a live update. I guess Coco Golf just won. Continue with it. Simona Halep oh, just lost. Simona Halep. Oh, just lost. that's big news. That's big, news. big news. She's the biggest yeah. seed to fall so far, I believe. Exactly. Um. Anyways, uh, other half of the draw we have Stefano Tsitsipas. He's the four seed. He uh, was the finalist in Cincinnati, lost to Borna Chorich. Um, he's got a decent draw, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And I think that he we, he's my favorite in the top half of the draw. Mm-hmm. Okay. Stefano? Stefano, yeah. The Greek god himself, Stefano Tsipas. No? Okay. I could, I could, it, see, uh, I could see him going far. Uh, I, I would be interesting to watch uh, if he doesn't if he doesn't run into Nick Nick Kyrgios. Yeah, or Felix. <laughs> oh God, he could Felix run into. Don't like, like the way he plays. Match. He's very like. Come on, Stefano, beat him, dude. Yeah. Like, don't nothing with the excuses. Beat him. Yeah, Kyrgios sits the past rematch after what happened at Wimbledon would be something. That'd be amazing. I don't think Kyrgios is getting that far, but you never know. He'll lose to his, he's going to lose to his homie. Nick Kyrgios has Tanasa Kokonakis, the other member Kokonakis. of the Special Ks, in the um, first round. So, are they playing doubles? I'm going to look up if they're playing doubles. Probably. Think uh, but, probably but, 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 you know, but, you know yeah. there's there's about, let me think, that's a lot of people. So, 32, 32 seeds. Out yeah. of, Don't go through all of them. No, no, I won't. But here's the thing. Like, you know, we are kind of going a little long. Um, who, outside of the top five, the top five, who do you think could upset somebody or like make it all make, who is your dark horse in this tournament who can have a good run may even win it if you think about it but can have a good run 
I think Taylor Fritz could do really well. Mm-hmm. Taylor Fritz. He's the tenth. He's tenth seed. Mm-hmm. He's got a really good first round against Brandon Holt, who is Tracy Austin's son, which is Ooh. weird to think about. Um, and uh, he's the top ranked American. He won Indian Wells in March. He's had some big wins. He was a quarterfinalist at Wimbledon. Um, he almost beat Rafa there. So I think it. Uh, yeah, Kokonakis and Kyrgios are playing in doubles. They're the eighth mm-hmm. seed. Okay. That's um, awkward. I don't think it's awkward with them. I don't. Yeah, because they they really don't care about tennis, do they? I think they care about tennis. I just don't think they're. They care about winning, like tournaments. Yeah. Yeah. I just. Uh, oh my, Dagan, What about you, Dagan? Outside of the top five, my, what do you think? Well, I you know I mentioned Martin Chilich before. I think that's that's a name to look at. Um, Dimitriov is always a threat. He's only he's ranked number seventeen, um, but I'm just looking through this and I see this guy JJ Wolf uh, just beat Bautista Agut. I'm sorry, I'm butchering that name, um, but he took out the number sixteen seed, which is not like a huge deal or anything. But sometimes with these like you know home, uh, guys that are playing in their home country, they might get the crowd behind them and they might be able like to like Cameron Norrie did in Wimbledon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. JJ Wolf a name that I would uh, keep my eye on at least. Yeah. Yeah. The name I want I want everyone to keep a name on is the one the only Matteo Berrettini. He played very you well in Australia. Right. Huh? You said it right. Matteo. Nailed it. Nailed it. Um <laughs> uh, yeah, he played very well in Australia. It's kind of not not similar courts cuz they're I think kind of different hard courts. I think they use different. I don't know. Do they use different type of hard courts? It is, is a different thing? type of hard court than Australia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like, so like, he's someone I'm I'm keeping my eye on, and someone close to the top five that that I that, like him and Yannick Sinner. I, like, I'm a big fan of the 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 Italians. Him and Yannick at eleven and thirteen. The only reason Matteo he used to be seven, he used to be seven. The reason he dropped to thirteen is injuries and COVID. So he hasn't really played a lot since Australia because he got injured and he got COVID. So you know, in the you know in the in the in the ranking points, it kind of dropped. Not not because you know, he's not very good. It's just that he didn't play tournaments because he couldn't get no tournament uh, ranking points. So he's one of them. It's like, that's, that's what's crazy about tennis, right? Good players can drop and they're like seated at 20, but they're like a four, like they're like a 10 time, you know, slam champion. And you're like, why are they 20? Oh, they just haven't played in like a year and a half. So like they dropped that low. Like it's, well, it's I'll like, tell you what's weird about the rankings and, and the seating for this tournament and everything mm-hmm. is everybody lost their Wimbledon points and didn't gain any for their results at Wimbledon this year because there were yeah. no points awarded for Wimbledon this year. Exactly. So like, um, like even when I was just putting together like the, like Cameron the Nori should be, story, Cameron Nori should be much higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fritz should be higher. For grooming yeah. a quarterfinal run at Wimbledon, no points. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's strange to me to see some of the seedings and everything. Um, but like Shapovalov's down at the at seed number nineteen. That's weird to me. He's mm. normally much higher than that. Um, Nick Kyrgios made the final of Wimbledon and is only the twenty third seed. Yeah, like he should be. Just, he should be in the top fifteen. I think higher. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's so, that. So I think I think Mateo and Yannick Sinner, uh, and then you know my main man Felix Oje Aliassim. Shout out to Ryan Christensen, got you. Taught me how to say that name. Uh, but yeah, so because he's number six. Uh, but but the problem with Felix, every time I watch Felix play, he's always fighting back. He's always fighting back. 
you know yeah. i don't know if he's uh, currently leaving yeah because he, he like like when he when i watched him in australia he kept he, he kept fighting back he kept winning in five sets after being down two or splitting the first two or like going down two one he kept always fighting back so we know he can fight back but i want to know if he can put the gas on from start to finish win the match in three and you know what i mean because sometimes people can't do that adelia is enter the court dominate and go they have to make it hard for themselves to gain something out of them that that they don't get when they can dominate you know what i mean that's what i like about serena so serena and rafa would walk in dominate then go home some people would be like okay i'm gonna lose set one probably split the first two sets probably go down to one but win in five and like you're like yeah. what are you doing like no go in do your business get the hell out because it, pre it preserves energy you you don't not a lot of mental mental like anguish or like mental fatigue because you're like you gotta you gotta like make your mind be like you're, you're, you gotta fight back dude when you're always fighting back and you're always fighting back like those are great stories in a highlight package or in your career highlights like you remember that time where he fought back but you want more stories of like oh yeah where he went to that tournament won every every game and straight sets and want like you want you want your 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 career to be boring as hell where it's like oh yeah he won like 20 grand slams and right. he like rarely ever struggled like Ash Barty. Exactly. Last year. Like, Ash Barty has dominate. a very boring career, if you think about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you think about it, it's very boring. Like, oh, yeah, Ash Barty rolled up one and three straight sets. She won, she dominated, and, she retired, it was over. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, she would She would have, like, hour, half, hour and a half matches. Or sometimes hour matches. Yeah. You're like, what? I left. I le I, put, I put her on. And I was like, I'll be, I'll be back. I, she's going to still be playing. I come back. Literally, like... I think oh, about like won. an hour. Six love six one. Okay. It's it's already a different match. <laughs> I'm like, I was only gone for like an hour. I, I thought yeah. I was going to like watch the last thirty minutes of her match. You know what I mean? Like the last thirty minutes. She was already in the locker room, going home. I'm like, what the hell just happened? What? That's yeah. weird. It was it was awesome. It was awesome. Really, it was really awesome. But it is what it is. Speaking of Ash Barty. The women's side. Let's talk about the women. Yeah. Um, um, we, we've been going a lot of places. We've been going a lot of places here, guys. We've been there. <laughs> There's been uh, a lot of tangents. In this a lot, a lot of tangents. Uh, but yes, it is. Um, the number one seed is Iga Sviatek. She's been a 500 player since her winning streak was snapped in Wimbledon. So she's been kind of struggling. But she didn't, you know, fall out of the number one spot because they didn't count the Wimbledon points. So she kept her number one spot. Um, Anit Kantavi. Uh, she's coming back from COVID. Uh, she's only won two ma two of the five matches at majors this year. So, um, but it is what it is. Uh, others, Anz Jabur, the finalist. Um, so there's that. Arena Sabalenka at six. And number seven, Simona Halep, who won in he Toronto. Just, lost. just yeah. lost. Like we said, just lost. We're recording it as she was playing her match. And then we have at 11 and 12, Emma Raducanu, defending champion. And at 12, Coco Golf. She did roll her ankle in Cincinnati, which is became a concern. But, you know, she looked pretty good in her opening match. So I think the ankle isn't really bothering her. So outside of the top 10, guys, who do you think? I, pro I probably think I already know where you, you two may be going. Who's who's your dark horse who can have a good run and may even win this tournament? Adelia. Um, well, I'll say one thing on Emma Raducanu first. I think she might lose in the first round and her ranking will plummet if it does, and I think that's a good thing for her. 
I think the fact that she's been in the top 10 and around there because of the fact she won the U.S. Open last year has been unrealistic given her current stage of development. We have to remember her age. She's a very young player still. I think she's still 18, maybe 19 by now. I think her losing early would be a disappointment for her, obviously, because she's the defending champion. But I think it would all, you know, be better for her in the long run um, to drop down the rankings and develop more as a player um, without all the pressure and expectations of, oh, she's a top 10 seed. She must be going to win the tournament. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I think Coco Goff is going to win this tournament. She's the 12th seed. Um, I I have Coco versus Arena Sabalenka in the final, and I think Coco wins. Um, there's a bunch of women that have been playing really, really well. Daria Kazakina. The 10th seed won two warm-up tournaments headed into the U.S. Open Series. Um, and then there's the the massive first-round match between Danielle Collins and Naomi Osaka. How's in the first round? That's mm-hmm. crazy. That should mm-hmm. be like a quarterfinal at least. Yeah. Um, Caroline Garcia won in Cincinnati. She's been playing really well. She won today. Um, we've got to think about Elena Rubakina, who's the uh, Wimbledon champion. She's the 25th seed, but I honestly really think this is this is a tournament that that is kind of Coco's to lose. Okay, uh, we just hey. mentioned Danielle Collins. I mean, she's in that first round matchup against Osaka only because Osaka is ranked so low. But I think you know the 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 crowd. That's like another thing I factor in a lot of times here. A lot of times you get those Americans are super over in their home country, and I think. Uh, Daniel Collins might use that, and I would love to see Collins and uh, and Goff matchup at some point down the line. I guess that would be what the semifinal. Yeah, the middle. Um, but that that's that's one certainly to look at. But hey, look, we're talking about about dark horses here. What you know, women that might be in this and not even ranked that we could see going far, not necessarily winning, but going far. And you we talked it. about it earlier. Serena Williams. I mean, how can you not? say that she's going to go deep in this tournament and just based on that she's not ranked I mean that's that's Col- uh, another pick. Collins me. versus Goff would have to be the final. They're in opposite sides of the draw. In the final. Okay. Okay. So there you go. There's my there's my pick for the finals. Well, also too is going to point out um, Lila Fernandez is back. She's the number 14th ranked uh, in, in the in the in the in the seating. Um, her and Emma Wadakanu, former finalists. So there's Layla. But Layla hasn't really looked good and the last time she was she was played, um, but, I don't you know, think like, we're going to get anything like we got with that final last year. Two unseeded players that nobody expected to be there. I don't think we're getting that this year. I think that that the seeds will hold a little bit more than they did last year. Well, yeah, and you know the two unseeded women are now seated at eleven seated, and fourteen. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. like there were there were kind of anomalies if you think about it. Yeah, and that was that a uh, that was like the first time an American faced an American in the U.S. Open final in a while. Right? They're not American. They're not American. So what? Okay, what? Which one? Am One's I Canadian, and the other's the British. The last American versus American U.S. Yeah. Open final was probably Sloan versus Madison a few years ago. That's the one I'm thinking of. That's that's yeah, the yeah. one I'm thinking of. Yeah, Emma Emma is British and uh, Lila Lila's Fernandez Canadian. is Canadian. Okay, yeah. So I was thinking of she's North American. Of that, yeah. So maybe we'll see that again. Maybe we'll see another American versus American. Hey, if it's Collins I against see that. Off, I, I think I think I think the universe is telling us something else. 
So Serena's bowing out. We all know she's leaving, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's the ascent of Coco Golf. I think golf is going to ascend at Serena's last tournament, right? And then you can see like the beautiful, like kind of like poetic synergy on the universe. Sometimes the universe lets us have night, ha- lets us have nice things. So like Sometimes. the universe is taking away one of one of our tennis icons, right? You know, a, a woman, you know, and an, an American tennis icon, to be honest. And they're giving us another. You know what I mean? They're giving us Coco Golf because of the inspiration of Serena Williams. Uh-huh. And I think the universe is it's just it's just too good to be it's just too good not to be true. It's just too good not you know how people say it's too good to be true. This is too good not to be true, man. Like it, like like it like the universe is giving it to us. I I think I think it is. I think we're gonna get Coco Golf winning. I think she's gonna win. I generally think she's gonna win. Go Coco Golf. Shot of it, yeah. yeah. Coco Golf, and you, you look at like their early part of their career, and there's kind of a little, maybe a little bit of a mirroring going on there, and in, in, yeah, uh, just starting mm-hmm. so young and starting so strong. Um, and Coco Coco's Golf, had a tremendous year too. She won, made the French Open final. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was born in the year 2004, which makes even me feel old. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, do Coco. Wow. Respect Coco. Okay, I think we've rambled on about this. Yeah, we've gone about yeah. an hour there, Ferris. What do you think? Can we wrap it up? Yeah, let's wrap it up, man. We're we're excited. Uh, tennis is going on all day, so watch it, everyone. We'll be coming back in a couple of days with a recap of uh, the first round. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm excited. It's Serena Williams' last hurrah for us as American tennis fans. This is our saddest day ever. Until Coco t- Golf retires later, when you know, I've actually watched her career. I like, I like, I, I call like Serena 20, at the, I call Serena, like, I didn't see, see his thing. Like, I didn't catch Serena when she was like a teenager because, you know, it just, just didn't happen. But I caught her in the middle of her domination, you know, and then I watched like the tail end. Well, Coco, I'm watching from start to finish. So I'm, I'm probably gonna have a more, more emotional connection to Coco being that I've watched her from start to finish. You know, you, you look at the, you, you watch these people and the, you, you watch them grow up in, in like right in front of your eye. You know what I mean? And like Kobe. Like Kobe, America watched Kobe grow up from 18-year-old knucklehead to Kobe Bryant. You know what I mean? A couple of days ago was his birthday. May, may God rest his soul. Um, but yeah, man, like, like it's going to be Coco, man. The Ascension. The Ascension. Final thoughts, Adelia? Um, I'm just really excited that the US Open is here. I love this tournament. I love spending two weeks just, like, wishing I was in New York City and and everything. Night sessions at the U.S. Open are unlike anything else. I cannot wait to see what the atmosphere is there tonight for Serena's match. And I'm really excited to see how this tournament goes. David. I am too. U.S. Open, probably my favorite of the big four. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I can actually watch it at a reasonable hour and not at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. But, yeah, man, I'm hyped for it. I think we're going to see some some surprising upsets. I think we're going to see some results that we might not anticipate but i'm looking forward to all of it yeah the the end of an era for serena the beginning of a new era hopefully with coco golf and uh yeah who knows maybe nadal will pull, pull another one out of his the goat somehow <laughs> I, I wouldn't put it past him i mean like sure he might not be the favorite to win but it, then then he'll win and we'll be sitting here going like told you you know mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um yeah 
I'm 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 hyped for it. L- looking forward to talking with with both of you guys about absolutely about this tomorrow over the next absolutely out about it. Absolutely. All right. On that note, guys, I'm Ferris Mbona, and that's Dagan S. Broad, and that's the magnificent Adelia Chamberlain. See you guys next time on the breakdown of uh, round number one. Guys, it's here, and it's beautiful.